Welcome to episode 5 of the 2 on 3 podcast, where two of your friends take on three topics in 30 minutes. I'm your odd-numbered episode host, Ty, available and at your service on the Twitter machine at SEATJK, and your co-pilot into the great beyond is Chris. Where can the internet people scream their pleas for sanity, Chris? At CD Villasenor on the twit. Excellent. It's good to be back in the studio this week after last week's uh, on-the-run recording session. Take off to the Great White North, hey? For those of you that aren't familiar with the format, <laughs> we allocate 10 minutes per topic and finish with an epilogue, where we try not to give in to the bleakness of the human condition. And it's bleak. It's really, really quite bleak today. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, been tough. Uh, interact with us on Twitter at 2on3pod or email the show at 2on3pod at gmail.com. This week... Get ready to go to the Ragu Festival and crank it up, fuckers, because we've got an all-goat show coming your way. <laughs> we'll <laughs> we'll nice. be covering, uh, thank you, we'll be covering the GOAT QB Tom Brady and other famous Super Bowl GOATs of the non-acronym kind, the NBA All-Star Draft, in air quotes, and how the entire thing was my idea, and uh, we'll explore the true story of the Jacks of Pop, Millie Vanilli. Yeah. Jacks of Pop? The Jags for you. The Jags are pop. They were like it. Anyway, right, well, I, we'll get to that. I found. Uh, yeah, we'll get back to it. I found some. I found some. Uh, I found some sympathy in my heart for the Millies and the Vanilla. I have a lot of sympathy. I'm very forgiving. Let's save it. Let's save it. All right. Uh, and then the epilogue this week, we're going to talk about fantasy golf. So you can hang up on that part of the show. You want to stay for the fantasy golf, for sure, <laughs> because you know you love it. It's like the only place where guys can wear white belts anymore. <laughs> So I have the worst golf belt. I have this like white camouflage belt. <laughs> it's like white and gray camo. That's that's terrific. It's not. It's quite terrible. Um, all right. So goats. Let's get it on. Uh, obviously, Tom Brady. Now, I think whether you like it or not, I know you said Joe Montana for your Mount Rushmore, but Tom Brady is is maybe the greatest quarterback of all time. Especially no, if he no, wins no, this don't, one. Don't misquote me. I said Tom Brady was the goat on my Mount Rushmore. He was my okay. quarterback on my Mount Rushmore, and I I did it. Some, I don't know, not Well, I don't remember you saying Montana. I don't no, know. I didn't. Because <laughs> you've been drinking too much. <laughs> the like, Just like you are now. You're just but smoothing the, out the voice, man. Uh, smoothing it out. No, no, no. I, Brady, I had Brady on my Rushmore because you just can't argue with the fact that he's now playing in his 1200th Super Bowl. Just You can't argue with those numbers. It's just, it's dumb now. No, so. it's, it's, it's unassailable. We talked about this before. So rather than spend time talking about the greatest of all time, let's talk about some of the worst of all time. Uh, and I got some hastily put together, as always, and lightly researched lists to pull from on the greatest goats of all time. Um, I want to start with this gentleman because he appears on the list twice. Mr. Thurman Thomas from both Super Bowl twenty. I Six can't read Roman. Super Bowl twenty eight. I can't read the yeah. Roman numerals. I was not. I was not ready. I was not ready. <laughs> oh come on! So, why, are, uh, why are they pinning? Why are they pinning the bad goat horns to Thurman Thomas? Well, Thomas fumbled in the um, in the second half of Super Bowl twenty eight uh, when it, when they had the lead thirteen to six, and it was returned for a touchdown. So that fumble is sort of the turning point of that game. Uh, against the uh, the Cowboys. Yeah, I'm gonna defend. I'm gonna defend the Buffalo Bills a little bit during that era. I think that um, I think that uh, they got a little unlucky 
And you know, of course it's of course one fumble, you know, one fumble's going to change the course of course of history, but you know, who'd they lose to? They lost to Dallas twice. Correct. Well, the Giants first, uh-huh. then Washington, uh-huh. and then Dallas twice. I mean, that's just a I mean, they just got caught in like a murderer's row of Dallas. I mean, you know, it's like Right, the the Buffalo, the Giants won the twenty. Oh, the Giants Super Bowl though. That's this Jeff Hostetler win. Yeah, I mean, so they, they, that's the Scott Norwood game. So they, that was he's definitely right. on the list here. So let's just skip ahead to Scott well, Norwood, the part of the all time goat. Right, and you know, to lose to to lose to Hostetler, then the mustache and the terrific <laughs> the terrific mustache <laughs> that Jeff Hostetler had. The the Norwood thing, you know, I think kickers, kickers just. It's it's a tough job. Every it kicker, is. every kicker who's kicked in the NFL has had that one kick they should have made that they didn't. I mean, unfortunately, Norwood's is going to be in the Super Bowl, but I mean, they've all got them. It's just a matter of time, right? If you're a kicker, you're just waiting for that shoe to drop. The, what I remember the, too about the Norwood kick is that um, it it's like a slice which you don't see too much of like it, it's he kicks it and it looks like it's online and then it just bleeds off it's like a like speaking of golf it's like a drive you hit that you think is going to be okay and it starts leaking it just, just a keeps weak, leaking. just a weak fade <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're trying to line up for the draw and you just hit this weak fade and it just misses and you're then you're out of bounds and you end up making a double yeah that's, that's what norwood did yeah you know and they played that they played that in in tampa you know that's a real grass kick too and i think i mentioned this when the other week when we were talking about Hauschka leaving town, but real grass kicking is a huge minus in the if you're a kicker. If you're if you have to go somewhere and kick off real grass, it must suck. You must just hate it as a kicker in the NFL because you know you're well, going to get screwed somewhere. I know that like as a as a rec sports player in general, like I know that the players bitch about playing on turf, but like when I go play like soccer. I want it to be turf. There's no question about what the ball is going to do when it hits the ground when it's a consistent surface. Yeah. So it's not like you can play. I mean, you know, in a world class, I think that's actually my, one of my biggest gripes with the NFL is like you've got this multi-billion dollar industry and you guys can't even keep a field right. Like it's this mud hole in certain places. Like some of those, some of those fields are just god awful. And it's I don't it's know not why. a surprise, right, that the worst fields are some of the worst run franchises. <laughs> Washington. <laughs> Oakland. Yeah, Tampa. those are just Tampa. Yeah, but I mean, that's I think that I think that climate. I think, yeah, I just I just think that I feel for Norwood. I mean, that's it's it's Buckner. It's it's all these. It's all it's like the top five chokes of what when people say, oh, so and so choked. Yeah, Norwood, wide right. It's like oh, poor poor Scott Norwood. <laughs> he doesn't deserve that. I mean, would you rather be him or like if I'm looking at some of these scores, right? It's like. They lost a well, they lost a Dallas fifty two to seventeen in nineteen ninety three. Yeah, I mean, there's there's so many blowouts here. It's it's you hate well, that's why pin. the Norwood game stands out though, right? Because that was twenty to nineteen. That right. that was that game was really terrible, frankly, in my memory. Like this is very indelible for me because I was still a Giants fan at the time. Like I had moved from the East Coast out to the West Coast and uh, still pulled for the Giants because the Seahawks fandom hadn't really taken hold with me yet. So I, I, I remember that, that game very well. Um, but, you know, going back to Thurman Thomas, the, you know, you said, why are you piling on Thurman? Well, he, uh, like, he had 37 yards on 16 carries in that game where he had that fumble. And then the other game is the one where he can't find his helmet on the sideline. 
Oh, well, yeah, I think you I think maybe you deserve to get a little crap for that. But that's not a choke. Well, speaking of the Seahawks, let's move on to my favorite name on this list, which is uh, Eugene Robinson. But he was playing for the Falcons at the time <laughs> and had just recently won, I think, the NFL Man of the Year Award right before the game. And then we all know what happened to Eugene. Yeah. Known for his community work and deep religious faith. And, and, and doing some deep community work, apparently, prior to the Super Bowl. <laughs> Well, you know, he's stressed out, just trying. Maybe he couldn't sleep. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe not. What year is that? Uh, that would have been Super Bowl 33, so I think it's 1998. 1990, yeah. See, now I'm on point with the Roman numerals. Now I'm looking over here and I'm like, no, I got it now. <laughs> it's not ready earlier. 33, booyah. Oh, 1999. Yeah, problem. <laughs> yeah, then, then uh, and then Elway sticks it to him. Like in yeah. a big, big, bad way. Uh, like, 80-yard touchdown to Rod Smith. Ugh. <sighs> Well, you know what? If you're if you're one of your team's best players, you got to keep it clean the week before, right? Yeah. You just, you can just... you imagine trying to play in a football game like the Super? Can you imagine? Well, not just not just Super Bowl, any football game. I last night solicited an officer for oral sex, and now I have to go play in the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> My entire world's gonna come crashing down around me, and yeah. I've got to go perform at the highest possible level it's like half real life varsity blues where we stayed all night at the strip yeah, club and, absolutely. and now we have to play and now thunderstruck is playing <laughs> <laughs> and we're getting our asses beat he's, no, sw- he's sweating yeah. <laughs> he's like, yeah oh that's terrible can, can i get daryl bevel on this list oh come on man <laughs> i'm never you realize i'm never gonna get over that i realize now i've just come to terms with it i'm I don't think I'm ever going to get over it. Daryl Bevel needs to be on this list of the bad goat horns. Uh, I don't want to talk about this. So for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, the Seahawks should have run the ball with Marshawn Lynch, I think is the the consensus opinion to win a back-to-back Super Bowls and be one of the greatest teams of all time. And now they're just some other team that won one Super Bowl and maybe never gets back. And now we're a footnote in the, uh, in the, in the new England Patriot history history. Yep, terrible. But anyway, I mean, I mean, <laughs> let's see. So this is like these are sort of bad Super Bowl moments, but yeah. my but the best Super Bowl moment of all time is that okay. picture from Super Bowl one, where Len Dawson is in the <laughs> locker room at halftime with a beer and a cigarette, like <laughs> <laughs> drinking beer and a cigarette during halftime. That's like my favorite. That's like my that might be my favorite Super Bowl memory. I like when pro sports were like less of a business and more just. It was like you had to be athletic and you trained a little bit, but it wasn't like your whole life. Like it was just part of who you were right. as a person, and then it just was. It's much more relatable, obviously, to most of us, the weekend warrior types who get out and participate in our favorite sports, but not nearly as much as we like. Right, you just happen to be more talented at this than other people. Right, yeah. And I might have a beer and a cigarette while I'm doing some sports. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> while, not a cigarette. While I'm playing in the Super Bowl. If we're talking Super Bowl here, what's your my first Super Bowl memory is Oakland, Minnesota. That would have been Super Bowl eleven in nineteen seventy seven. That's my very first um that's my very oh no. Let's see, yeah, that's my very first my very first memory of of uh of actual Super Bowl football. Mine would have been uh, Super Bowl 22, which makes sense because you're 10 years older than me. That's right. It's uh, Niners Bengals. So I remember the game the year before that, but this is the one where I remember being engaged with what I was watching. Y'all. Well, we'll be engaged this Sunday 
I don't know for how long, though. Man, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> really? Are you not interested in the in the, I'll, in I'll the, watch in it, the, in the big like, game? I don't care. I'm, I'm gonna have to say I'm gonna I'm pulling for new. I'm not over the stupid don't run the ball thing still, <laughs> so I don't can't enjoy any of this. I'm going. I'm team New England Patriots. I know it's sacrilege, but I, I'm I'm on the side of history. Let's just let's just have Brady win it, and let's just let's just get it over with. You know, I felt this way ten years ago when they were going for undefeated. I was all aboard for undefeated, and then they didn't do it. And now I don't care. Now they can eat shit. Or I'm down for Foles winning, and Hosteller. Have... <laughs> he should have... grow a mustache for the game. And the, and the... I would. All right, can we can we do a little overtime on this Super Bowl thing? I guess we're doing it anyway, so All let's right, just keep going. Anyway. All right, so here's the thing: so Foles wins, and they don't trade. You know, our man. Oh yeah, you and your take. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, did you do your recordings? Did you did you find out if you got agreed, no? Agreed nobody's with? nobody's nobody's talking about it. Right. However, so speaking of the hot the, the Haas settler thing, reminds me that if Phil Sims hadn't won a Super Bowl. And Hostetler had won that Super Bowl. We would look at Phil Sims as a big giant loser, right? Yes. Right. Does he win another one? I don't think that he does. No, right? he does. He won one prior to that. Okay. He wins, so he's got a Super Bowl in his belt. Okay. Right. Then probably not. No, he hangs on. Right. So and his, fr- Foles, his fringe Hall of Fame. Candidacy. So if Foles wins the Super Bowl, right? Uh-huh. And we get. And they decide to put him on the bench. Does the monkey completely jump onto the back of name? <laughs> what? What do you? I don't, I don't follow. I'm not. I'm not with you here. Oh, we're gonna have to. By the way, we have to edit this part. No, no, we're leaving it in. So get, it, get it together. <laughs> God, why can't I remember his stupid name? Just, just I was falling. The name was falling out of my mouth. Who's the stupid quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles? Donovan McNabb? No, no, the current what? one. Oh, the Carson Wentz. Yeah, yeah. God dang it! <laughs> I was having a senior moment there. Like, I think <laughs> we're I think definitely I, leaving this in now. I think I, I think I might be having a stroke. <laughs> could uh, could someone call? Could I think I smell burning oh, toast? There's blood coming God, out of your ear. I think. Good you Lord, Carson Wentz. So if Carson Wentz, let's see. Foles wins a Super Bowl. Carson Wentz never wins a Super Bowl from here on out. Okay. Don't we? We're going to look at his. We're going to look at his career as like really crappy. Regardless yeah, of how unless, many numbers. Uh, he I don't puts know. Up. I think that the, I think we we move on from things so quickly now that people might just think that Carson Wentz won that Super Bowl. He should just do the Trump thing and start telling everybody that <laughs> he won it, and then just see if it makes any difference. And then people five go. Years from now. And then people go. Oh yeah, yeah. I think he did. I think he did. Yeah, win yeah. It. And then DJ, people like CJ, he said like, I could call him either one. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> Jesus people, Christ. People people like me still won't remember his name. I don't know. Whatever. I'm going All right, to, no, we're I'm done. going to bed. I'm going to bed early. <laughs> all done. right. Bye. That's what happens when we record a day late. So thanks for being flexible. All right. It's all good. All right, so this is a this is this is a personal axe to grind going back about sixteen years for me. Um, <laughs> the NBA draft all star game this year is pick teams format, which is cool because it was my idea in two thousand two. <laughs> and what brought this back to the fore for me was uh, I still periodically listen to the Bill Simmons podcast, especially if he has a good guest. And uh, he had Jalen Rose on the show recently. And so I checked that out because they were always hilarious back in the day. Um, back in the day being like, you know, three or four years ago. <laughs> sure. Back um, in the day being 2015. Pretty much. Yeah. 
you know, before the current nightmare hellscape that we live in now. Uh, and he mentioned on that podcast that he was saying that alternate ideas to make it work. Cause they were saying televise the draft, whatever that's a common take. And I agree you should televise the draft, but I say you take it one step further and I'll get to that uh, in just a second. But he suggested on his podcast that what they should do is king of the court style. They pick fives basically, and then play a round robin. And I was like, this is my idea. I sent this to you. So now I'm taking credit. I feel like I planted this in his brain 16 years ago. He never wrote me back by the way, or, or, or published this letter in his, in his uh, columns. But, in 2002, I sent the following email to uh, to Bill Simmons at page two on ESPN. So forgive the dated references and understand also that I am uh, like 22 years old at this time. So Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You have a copy of mail that you sent in 2002? Brother, I work in information technology for 25 <laughs> years. You better believe I got the receipts. <laughs> I got hard drive. I got stacks on stacks of hard drives, bro. <laughs> wow. Going back to the deep archives. All right. All right. I like it. Yeah, I can show you the screenshot of this file. Date modified, 5-10-2002, p.m. <laughs> I like it. It's in the archive folder, so you know. All right, here's the letter. NBA All-Star Game, here's the deal. You want it entertaining, do the following. Make it a pickup game. I know it sounds ridiculous, but allow me to explain. The voting system remains intact because there isn't really a better system out there. Come All-Star Weekend, forget East versus West. You get the players to come out and shoot for teams, or better yet, they shoot for captains and pick teams. If you really want the voting to mean something, you could also have the top two vote getters from each conference be the captains. Picking teams. Yeah. Picking teams allows for the high comedy of some big egoed NBAers start looking around warily as there are less and less people left and he starts to get scared he'll be picked last. And so this is what I really wanted to have happen is pick it live. Pick it live, like at the game. Get everybody out on the court and just pick the teams. Just so, just so somebody has to like come last. Someone has to get picked last. Yes, just make it, make it. I mean, and there, I know they did it this way because they didn't want somebody to get offended and get upset. But uh-huh. fuck that. Make, just <laughs> <laughs> you're paying these guys millions of dollars. They could suck it up. If you're gonna be last, if you're Horford, be like, I'm not coming, man. Right. I don't <laughs> want right. to get. I don't want to get picked last. This bullshit. <laughs> All right, number two, no coaches. So they didn't do this, but this is my idea. I want to see Kobe, Iverson, and T-Mac run pickup offense. No diagrams, no ISOs, no tra- or, uh, just trash talking. One-on-one dream matchups and the possibility of a Shaq-Kobe showdown on different teams. Also, you get to see who gets no props in the league when the inevitable freeze-out of Wally Zerbiak commences. <laughs> Poor so- Wally Zerbiak getting, <laughs> getting drawing ire just 16 years later. Subs are voluntary, and I have a feeling it will be much like watching your weak sauce friends call and point and try to sub in whilst you simply shake your head during a game in your local rec league. As a bonus, we get to see how much good coaching really defines the NBA game. How aware of these guys of intric- are, how aware of are are these guys of the intricacies of the game? Will they set picks or just float around the perimeter? I hate that guy. All right, number three, refs. I'm divided on this issue. While I want to see a true pickup game, I also want there to be at least a semblance of order. Somehow I think guys that have never committed a foul in their NBA careers would be loath to owning up when they drop the axes on on Ali I on his way to the hoop. Maybe the solution is to get Charles Robinson, Teddy Long, and Earl Hebner to ref just so they can break up the scuffles. (laughs) WWE this letter screams 2002. I love it. Alternative version. Rather than two pickup teams, you create five-man teams with captains or otherwise that each have next, and they simply play real pickup all to 21, by ones, of course, until all the teams have played and the team with the most victories is the winner. Hey, wait a minute. You, you successfully called the uh, three-on-three league. I, I was all over it here. Just now. You are – you are this is, this is gold. Yeah, the bottom line is I should have been the commissioner of the NBA 15 years ago. <laughs> be a great world we live in. 
So, and then I say, you know, who would want to see this? Because, you know, I'm writing to Simmons, so I, you know, I have right. to bait his ego a little bit and give him a little Simmons taste. So yep. that was my letter to Simmons in 2002. And I'm not saying he's biting my ideas, but first of all, props to me. Because <laughs> without me, none of this would be possible. I think that, I mean, it was a, you know, I think maybe it proves that this was a, an idea whose time had been coming. I mean, I think, I think that's a nice fan perspective. I think that to, the thing about the, the all-star game is that is boring. And yeah, especially and especially since East versus West and the West is so loaded that they just could not have East versus West anymore because yeah. it's just dumb. That's actually how I close this letter. I say, uh, who would want to see this? I know I would definitely tune in. I certainly don't want to watch the all-power post players of the West go up against the all-finesse squad coming from the East. So Yeah, so now the, the East is such weak sauce these days that, that it just makes sense to have to mix it up. But you're right. Picking picking teams on yeah. the court would have been awesome. And imagine like, if you could gamble on that. Yeah. Like who goes last, top five picks. <laughs> prop betting. Yeah. Prop betting, prop betting yeah. the picks. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you just, give them, you just give them reversible shirts anyway, right? Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Shirts and skins, brother. Just go whole, whole hog. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you do not want to see Kristaps Porzingis with no shirt on out there. That would just not be... That would not be good. I think he probably, his whole body sparkles like Guy Diamond from the Trolls movie. (laughs) (laughs) Farts glitter. Probably. Yeah. uh, But yeah, have reverse, have the reversible jerseys. Like everybody wears neutral colored, neutral colored shorts. And then you just rip the jersey off and put it on the other way. That would be, that would just black and white. Whatever, produce... blue and white, you know, whatever. Keep it anyway. I, live draft is what I want. Live draft on the floor. I want to gamble on it. I want to see it happen. I want to watch Russell Westbrook. He would never get picked last, but it would be so great if they did it on purpose, just so to get him all pissed <laughs> off. <laughs> like, couldn't you see Steph and LeBron doing that? Like, hey, uh, hey let's pick Russ last. Just be like, <laughs> fuck with him. <laughs> let's just mess with him. Well, and then you get an opportunity to like. Get in the heads of your future playoff opponents and stuff. There's so many, so many key op- op- options for this. Yeah. But uh, to close the segment out, I thought we should pick our own starting five. Well, first of wise. all, we'll pick our oh, starting five. But who, who would you pick last from the current All Stars? Yes. Two. Who are the two last picks in this? In this uh, on the on the All Stars? Uh, it's something like it's some combination of Oladipo, Aldridge, Horford, and Lillard. And maybe Kyle Lowry. Like Uh-oh. those are all quality players. They're all stars. But it's just I'm not when I'm going to draft. Like I, those aren't guys are not high on my list. Reasons are coming after you for this Dame Lillard for throwing Dame Lillard. In I love ball. Dame, but in an All Star game when I have <laughs> options for like Kyrie and Steph and you know I'm just uh, James Harden and uh, Dame right. is great. <laughs> I'm picking him last. No, I'm not picking him last. He's just in the mix. He's in the mix. All right. <laughs> all right. First, how are we gonna pick? All right, so gonna your pick team, our LeBron. You're gonna be number one. You're gonna have the first pick. I get to be LeBron, though, right? Yeah. So put you. Yeah, you get to be LeBron. So I don't have to pick LeBron because I am LeBron. Correct. I'm picking KD. Okay. First. Cool. I, I mean, there's just, I just who else would you pick? No, I'm, I, I'm KD. KD. I got no. I got no beef with that. I take Giannis. Giannis. In a hot okay. second. Like, I would almost take Giannis over KD. Really? Just almost. <laughs> almost. Kevin Durant decided to play defense this year. That's kind of makes him... That makes Yeah, him, but it's uh, the All-Star game. I'm playing no defense in the All-Star No, but game. I'm just saying, as a player this year, I mean, the fact that he's playing some defense, like, makes him that much scarier. 
Um, I like the way LeBron actually picked because. So I don't have that I'm in front taking, of me. I only have the rosters. I'm taking. I'm taking. I'm taking Anthony Davis. I'm going to take yeah. KD and then AD. Yeah, that's going to be tough to overcome. I'm not going to. Yeah, lie. that's difficult. That is a uh, those two guys stretching them out, playing some protecting the rim. That's a, that's yeah. a, that, that's scary business. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I am Steph Curry. I have to remember that because that matters. Um, I'm taking West. I'm taking Westbrook. You're taking Westbrook. I'm taking Westbrook. Yeah. Oh. Huh. I want yeah. to have another like uh, ball dominant guard option. So if I'm Steph, I can just float around and shoot. Yeah. I want somebody to run the floor, and then Giannis can play point guard also. So right now I have three guards on my team, but they're beasts. They're beasts. See, this is the thing because this because this whole thing is very heavy in terms of point guards. Like yeah. you can get a point guard late for sure. Exactly. Right, you don't have to go. You don't have to go with a point guard. You just want to. You just want dudes who can shoot the lights out. That's why I'm taking Harden. Okay, Harden is a good pick for your team. So right now you have you have LeBron, Durant, Anthony Davis, and James Harden. James Harden, by the way, who put up that sixty point triple double, like his, the his other game night. Is so gross. <laughs> it's, it's, it's you know it is gross, but you know what are you gonna do? It's just it's the modern game. It's it's. Step back threes, and it's layups. Has he shot a? I don't think he shot a twelve footer. Even oh, we're gonna go to overtime. Yeah, we're blowing through this. We're gonna. We have a All couple right. more picks to make. We're just doing starting five. We're almost finished. Right, right, right. Uh, I'm gonna take. Uh, I'm gonna take Kyrie. Taking the uh, taking the point guard. Yeah. I'm, so now my I have my my twos and my full my my two front court players, my two back court players. I guess Westbrook's a guard, but whatever. We're just gonna run you off the floor. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it was interesting that LeBron in real life took Kyrie. Yeah, uh, you was... know, he probably wants to like try to be his buddy. You know how LeBron is. Yeah, like, I, LeBron seems like the kind of person who can't stand it if people don't like him. Yeah, well, that's true. So this is since I've got plenty of height, I'm gonna go. Now this is here's the sneaker right here. I'm taking Clay Thompson. I like my starting five because number one, Clay's not gonna complain. <laughs> he does not complain. He's they not. Gonna, they ain't got shit to say. No, he's got nothing to say. He's just gonna find little open spots, and he's just gonna knock down threes. And he's not gonna complain. He's gonna fit in. I don't. I I like Clay Thompson. He's like one of my favorite players in the whole league. I think he's just got it figured out. He's he likes to smoke a bowl. <laughs> he, he he gets paid enough. He's wins championships and he just doesn't cause any trouble. He comes out. I mean, if you need him to put up thirty and a quarter, he'll just put up thirty and a quarter. If I mean, Clay Thompson was five foot eight, he'd be uh, a character actor who played a lot of Cuban drug dealers. <laughs> yes, he would. <laughs> All right, my last starting pick is Joel Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid, who is like the greatest Twitter troll. Like he is quite the prick. <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing, the whole staring contest that he had with Russell Westbrook, it was hilarious. Made me cry laughing. Uh, like, Russ standing there looking like he wants to chew some <laughs> gum, dribbling that ball out and staring him down, and B just like staring with his eyes wide open, mouth making a little O. <laughs> it's like Joel, you are messy with the wrong guy. But I guess what Tony does, he's just gonna mess with you. I think it's, I think it comes from a fun place. I don't think he's, 
I, you know, I don't feel like it's mean spirit or anything. That's why he gets away with it. I think he just making jokes and it's and it, it totally works for me i think it's funny i like it it's per- well it's a perfect storm when you get a guy like that with a dude like westbrook who has never heard a joke that he's laughed at in his life right who's got zero sense of humor yeah no no chill no chill russ <laughs> can you imagine like you surprised people are saying why can't he leave i'd fucking leave too that guy seems like a pill Serious, <laughs> seriously yeah Especially if you're KD and you're like, man, I'm better at basketball than him and he needs to chill out. But he can't. No, he can't. It's not possible. Blah. You know, I forgot to do uh, the hot take intro of the that, that segment because this is the all-goat show. I was going to say, we also have in this game the GOAT, LeBron. No, uh, I'm with you. He, I'm yeah, I, know, totally. I know. I think we've talked about it before. Anyway. All right, so moving on so that we, you know, we don't respect the format of our own podcast. Uh we're, we're blowing through the stops tonight. It's okay. Uh, whatever. I'm, uh, these are good topics. We probably should have spread them out, but they're timely. What are we going to do? All right. So topic number three, uh, this is more of a scapegoat topic, but I wanted to dive into this because uh, you sent me this Twitter feed uh, or Twitter thread rather um, put on by throwback hits facts at golden era hits underscore. <laughs> I like, I, I like golden. Yeah. That, that's terrible. a terrible handle. That's a terrible handle. The underscore at the end is just good Lord. Talk about Anyway, so if you're interested in learning about, as I as I dubbed them, you said the Jags, I say the Jacks of Pop, uh, <laughs> Millie Vanilli, uh, they did a long form Twitter thread. Like you mentioned, you didn't think it would be good storytelling, but I, I almost feel like it's the best kind of blogging because it sort of mixes a message board dynamic and the ability to respond to individual segments. No, um, I think I gave the guy props for some really effective long form storytelling. I enjoyed it. I read the whole thing. Yeah. And the visuals the be- peppered in and stuff. It's great. Yeah, the beauty of it is there's posts and there's videos and there's pictures in every post and yeah. and he's and he's and it's and he tells a really interesting story about these two European dance club guys who just get who just get, you know, who get hooked by some unscrupulous bastard. Well, the thing this allows him to do, and I know we're gonna talk about Millie Vanilli, uh, and matter of fact, I I'm just gonna I wanna touch on this real quick before we get into it is that it allows what you need when you read any story about music is the ability to hear the music and so by doing it in twitter posts he's able to augment every comment about this backbeat or this or that that uh you know with a little video or a little vignette of like what it was and it just gives you so much context and it, it makes it's what i've always wanted when i read about music it's like i want to hear the like, having a link to the song and it's just not really possible with the way you know the web as it's laid out today but in individual twitter posts it's extremely easy so, this dude hacked the internet. Yeah, no, he did. He did a great job. I hope he. I hope. Uh, I hope he comes up with something else that I, that I that I enjoy very much because uh, I was really. In- Side note that for for our listeners out there, Ty and I are exceedingly famous in the Portland, Oregon area. For <laughs> you know, we've told doing- this story already on the podcast. <laughs> did we? Yeah. That we were the military. Blame it on the rain. We- the blame on the yeah we, we talked about the rickshaw we're yeah. five we're five shows into this and we're already repeating i mean stories. seven well we are not re- re- recounting the same stories you are because you're having a stroke <laughs> <laughs> anyway we have a very we have a very we have a very strong connection to millie vanilla yeah well anytime chris and i go out and there's a karaoke bar you can be guaranteed you're going to hear the re- a rendition of blame it on the rain and it's going to be killer yeah it's going to bring it's going to bring the house down i think maybe one show we'll just do blame it on the rain We'll that would be one of the segments. We'll just <laughs> sing "Blame It on the Rain." Maybe we should sing it for the outro tonight. Right. <laughs> That's good. That's you know, a good idea. So we should get into the Millie Vanilli story. But one thing I wanted to point out is, 
you know, I read some takes on here that said like, oh, well, if their music had stood at the test of time, they'd still be remembered fondly and you wouldn't have to like try to reclaim their image this way. But I put on Girl, You Know It's True. And I'm like, I don't think there's better 90s pop music than this song. Girl, it's you know the it's best. true. Girl, you know it's true is awesome. Now, yeah. <laughs> now it's like as a so in 1989, 80, you know, 88, 89, mm-hmm. 90 when they were big. You know, I was a teenage dirtbag living in the Midwest. I listened to a lot of you know hair, hair bands. You know, metal. You know, long. I was a long haired leather jacket kind of guy, and these songs were were good. <laughs> Absolutely. And and I and I unapologetically will turn them up if they come on the radio, and I oh. will sing without irony any Middle East Italy song that they choose to play on the radio. Agreed. Matter of fact, just reading about it was enough to get All or Nothing stuck in my head for the better part of like two more days following this. <laughs> all or nothing, push it. <laughs> it's got to be anyway. All right. So the thing I want to get into is like these guys got fucked. Oh, so badly. (laughs) None of this is their fault. And they took the brunt of it. Like, I got down to this point in the story where they're like, they tried to explain to the media what happened and no one was listening to it or give a shit. And just uh, all the producers said, I don't know, it was was up to them. They did it. And none of that is the truth at all. No. Like, how, like, these guys had any control. Like, the fact that we even bought into this during that era to say, oh, yeah, Millie Vanilli, they were the ones who were behind this, not this terrible Frank Farian guy. Yes, (laughs) let's let's talk about this, because let's put this dude on blast. Is he dead? I didn't see that in the story, but I want you to understand (laughs) that if you're listening to this and you liked Millie Vanilli and you enjoyed their music, or maybe you still do like we do, Frank Farian is a piece of shit. And if you hear his name, make sure you tweet at him that he's terrible. Right. Hopefully he's not dead. My favorite part of this story is the early Frank Farian story where he puts up a guy and makes him limp, lip sync. Yeah. His song. And he sang it. Did yeah. You li- did you listen to this song? Did you listen to um, um, the Boney ba- M thing? The Boney M Yeah, Boney M. <laughs> by Bobby Farrell. By the way, the Boney M dancing is just tremendous. It's it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> It's yeah. it's it's so awesome. Anyway, everybody everybody needs to go to the web and and look at these things. But yeah, well, so he already makes he already sets the the tone. He he makes this poor guy lip sync the song that he sang because he was you know, he didn't want to be a performer. I don't know. He found these people who are much more effective performers than he was. And he made him sing his songs. Well, it, the, the first song, the one you're talking about, is called Ma Baker, and it was it's sampled by Gaga for yeah. uh, Poker Face. The ma, 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 ma. It's from Ma Baker. Yeah. That's how he does. It's like, ma, 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 ma Baker. And the girls come in, and it's like, yeah, this is straight up sampled for Poker Face. See? This is our everything is a remix theory. Come back right. to life. It is. Here it is. But the 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 whole article is worth it just for the, 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 the Bonnie M well, the body if, M footage because <laughs> it's is it's it Bonnie? It's spelled Boney? like Boney. Is it Boney? It's spelled maybe, like Boney? I don't know. Maybe it's Boney M. Regardless, the the footage, the Boney M footage is hard to watch. <laughs> There's a lot of head flopping and, and spinning around in a, in a in a disco. He's like wearing the high waisted disco pants with the little the little jacket and no shirt. 
And then he's like, he's doing the thing where he like kicks his leg out and then uses it to spin his body around and like uses his limbs to like whip his body in a circle. <laughs> it's good. I'll, I'll make it easy for anybody who's listening to this. Cause if you listen to this, uh, I retweeted the whole thread from the two on three pod uh, account. So just check out our Twitter feed and you'll be able to find this, this great thing. But the million million thing, oh, it's so sad because it ruined their lives. That, like, I think Rob that's... died. <laughs> like it's not. I mean, he drank himself to death or whatever. Yeah. Like, after this whole hard thing drugs, was over. all kinds of stuff. But it was, I mean, it was so embarrassing. I mean, it really is a case of selling your soul for fame and fortune. I mean, they yeah. just they 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 got duped. They signed a bad contract, and then they. They could have easily just walked away and decided. Well, you're not going to walk away from getting paid, especially once but they that's blew up. The that's the thing, right? Once they blew up, they were trapped. Right. Once once the first fame hook gets into you, the, there were people recognize you on the street, and the parties start, and the girls start, and the whole thing starts. Like, there's no way you're getting out of it. You're, well, let's talk about that. So what about Clive Davis's responsibility here, where it says straight up in this article that i'm gonna keep calling it article because i don't i guess thread would be the right word but that when they signed with arista he straight up knew the deal like he, sure. he was like yeah whatever and and actually when you think about it does this matter at all i mean i think the thing the other thing that stuck out for me is obviously not only did rob die but the the group got like the group not the record company not the guys that actually put them up to this the two dudes got sued for like a, a, there was a consumer protection lawsuit filed against them and it's like because what they they tricked you the music didn't change because it was these these other guys nothing that's insane to me that in 1989 or 1991 or whatever it was that it came all came crashing down that you could actually sue a musical group because they sold you a bill of goods on a record that you liked (laughs) right (laughs) right i like this record but it wasn't sung by these two guys Right. It's like, I feel like it, it's, it's reparations for the, I shouldn't have said reparations, but <laughs> <laughs> it's, I don't know, the other word for that that isn't so loaded. Yeah. Uh, but like, people who are mad was like, I wanted to sleep with these guys, and now I don't, and you made me think that I did. <laughs> right. I thought they were much cooler. Yeah. Them, you so, know, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just, I do feel bad about it. And looking back through the lens of, you know, Basically, two black guys getting hosed over by a corporation of white dudes. I mean, we have a different lens. We have a, we have such a different lens. Thirty years later, right. right? Where if this happened today, no one would side with. Everyone would get behind Millie Vanilli. People would be like, "Well, they were taken advantage of, obviously." And we would and we would probably defend them more vigorously as opposed to just completely crucifying these two poor schmucks for, they for to basically give back their Grammys. So sad. Yeah, I know. But they I know. Someone deserved those Grammys. You just give it to the people who sang the songs. I but, agree. They shouldn't take them back. It's not like the music again, the music was recorded and produced, was it not? Yeah. So are we really Somebody our problem is that you shot some videos and then ran a tour with people who weren't actually singing the songs? Right. Which is what right. all tours are now. Exactly. Or every movie that you watch where somebody sings is not really the actress singing. You know what I mean? Like That'd be like people complaining about West Side Story that, that Natalie Wood didn't sing any of those songs. Hey, don't sleep on Kristen Bell and Reese Witherspoon. <laughs> they do their own singing. <laughs> they did the, they, fine, they do their own singing. But a lot of the classics are not sung by 
any of those women. My Fair Lady was not sung by, you know, you know, Audrey Hepburn. This is, but no one cares. Right. Same it's, deal. It, it's yeah, exactly the same thing. Same deal. So bottom line is, uh, Millie Vanilli didn't deserve what they got. They got scapegoated for the nefarious business dealings of two old white men, as you would expect. So basically, it's get out. <laughs> Essentially, and you know what? I watched every one of these these videos that they like the from, like girl, you know it's true, and blame it on the rain, like because yeah. they're all linked in this. They're all linked in this thread. Oh yeah, I watched them and all. I, and I enjoyed the crap out of them. Much oh, much cooler, much cooler than I remember. If you don't think that, I actually I was listening to girl, girl, you know true, coming back full circle, and I was like, I made my wife listen to it. And I was like, honestly, this song is amazing, and I don't think pop music gets much better than this. Yeah, it makes me want to get some leggings and some uh, and, and a big and a, and, a, and a blazer with some really wide, uh, wide shoulders. I'm in love with you, girl. <laughs> I'm in love with you, girl, girl, girl. You remember the spoken word intro? Oh yes. <laughs> so is... what are you doing back? <laughs> <laughs> I really mean uh, that much to you. <laughs> All right. So good. All so right. Well, good. thanks for sticking with us through the goat segments. Um, what's superimposed? Anyway, uh, we're going to close the show out with a little fantasy golf. So, like I said, if you want, if you like golf, stick around. If you don't, you're not going to hurt my feelings if you hang up now. Don't hang up. <laughs> Look, on. I'm just being I'm just being realistic about what the, the people want. We and do, I don't we, think this is it. This, this is going to really? take the place. So go no, ahead. Sorry, we've got some we've got some listeners who are totally down with some fantasy golf. And, sure. and this football, is going to take the place of our NFL picks for the for the time. And since being. football, since football season is wound, winding up. You know, here we are. All right, so this week we've got the TPC, uh, or the Waste Management Phoenix Open at the TPC Scottsdale. This is the the one where people can go get drunk and sort of heckle. It has the stadium hole. Um, it is the kind most, of a big party. Everybody's yeah, the in a most, different mood. The most attended tour event on the tour. Yeah, speaking of, we need to go to the Sunday round at some point. Yes. Yeah. Like, we let's go play we- down there and then go to the Sunday <laughs> Let's play this golf Friday and Saturday and then go to the, the tournament on Sunday. Yes. Because we'll I hear Saturday we'll... is the big party day, and I don't want to be there for the big party day. I want to. I want the mild party day. <laughs> <laughs> I want the mild packet of party sauce. Right, right. Well, I think, I think, uh, I think we're going to have to take the pod on the road. Sounds good to me. Now let's, uh, you can start working on my wife whenever you like. <laughs> I say you should give her a call this week and start talking about next year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you do the same. I'm sure she'll probably hear this, and then I'll hear about this later. <laughs> It'll be fine. <laughs> All right, so I play in a fantasy golf league, as do you, and mm-hmm. really, I'm terrible. I, I just my picks. I, I'm I'm consistently in the bottom half of the group, um, even though I often pick the tournament winner. I just for some reason can't put together uh, a foursome and a bench that works for me. So I was going to give you my picks, and then I thought you could tell me why I'm so bad. All right. So do you just want me to give you the four starters? Is that how you want to start? Give me your four starters. All right, I got hot dog man himself, Justin Thomas. Um, I got Mr. Tony Finau. Keegan Bradley, and that's an angle play. And and Ricky Fowler, who loves the Waste Management Open. He does love the Waste Management Open. So, Tony Finau won, like, recently. Well, he finished top 10 last week and kind of fell apart on Sunday, but... I always like Tony early in the season. He seems like he plays better golf when there's a little bit more wide open and he can get a little loose with the driver. Uh huh. Um, but he's definitely a streaky player. Uh, but he's on fire now. I like Justin Thomas anywhere where long hitting gives you an advantage because I've never seen a little dude put so much pipe on the ball. 
Yeah, JT. I mean, it's not. It's tough not to take the player of the year from last yeah. year. <laughs> I mean, that's a that's a especially early in the season. You figure you figure even if he doesn't have midseason form, he's probably better. You're probably better off with him than you are with with uh, with most others. Yeah. Fowler, totally fine with Fowler, especially at at Phoenix because he's always he's played well there before. Keegan Bradley, though, what is this? <laughs> this is this, see a pick like Keegan Bradley is the one that destroys your week. <laughs> well, like, he shows out. He shows out at this particular tournament, so that's what I'm looking at when I'm picking. Oh. I'm look. So I go with the guys who like. I feel like are, there's there's basically three criteria I use, which is how are you playing right now? Mm-hmm. Um, how does the tournament set up for your game? And sure. how have you performed at this golf course in the past? Right. And so with Keegan Bradley, it's just been a consistently. He's in the top ten. At this tournament, at this golf course. But he's been riding a hard cold streak for the last couple of years. I mean, he has not been good. Ever since they took away anchored putting, man, he's got he's it's sketchy. True. It's true. It's it's sketchy. He's one of those dudes in the in the post anchored putting era that you they're like, oh dude, it really affected him a lot. I don't know. He flips his club around three times on his walk from his walk up from behind his ball to his ball. So that's enough for me. I like <laughs> you're, it. You're in. <laughs> Yeah, the waggle. I'm, I'm in on the waggle. Yeah. Bench, so two players on the bench, uh, Spieth, and then I picked uh, Brendan Steele, who has pit, uh, finished in the top ten, I think, um, three of the, the five tournaments. Brendan Steele's one of those good – he's a good fantasy golf bench guy. Cause, he's Webb cause, Simpson. Yeah, because if, <laughs> if he makes the cut, he might give you, he might give you a good – he probably gives you a good weekend. So – and he gets hot. He's, he's streaky. So um, – yeah, so I, you know, other than Keegan Bradley, I think those are pretty good picks. I I have a problem with Keegan. <laughs> so the other the, popular picks this week were uh, Matsuyama. Well, Matsuyama's won it twice in a row. So you play for the three peat here. At least you play for him to do well. I, took I just Matsuyama don't. I, this week. Usually for Matsuyama, like when he's about to win a tournament, he's finishing in the top five. Like, you know what I mean? He's he's mm-hmm. he goes on hot streaks where he's in top ten like consistently, and it just he hasn't put it together so far this year. At least that I've seen. Yeah. I took um, Matsuyama this week because I don't want to miss out on the three-peat should it happen. Fair enough. And then uh, the other the other popular pick was John Rahm, who I've already used up for the segment. Oh, you've already used him three yeah. times? Yeah, he's my dude. Like, I, I <laughs> rode with him all last year. You know, I got the Spanish connection. He's he's too emotional for the professional game, so I relate to him because I have similar <laughs> issues. <laughs> I took Rahm this week, the home, base, a hometown game for him. So, um, yeah, I took him. I took oh. Ryan Moore, which was my sort of walking out on a walking out on a slight limb. I don't think he's played super super great, but he always plays pretty well here in Phoenix. Yeah. Uh, I took Ryan Palmer, who had a good week last week, and again is kind of one of those guys who plays pretty well here in this this part of the this part of the schedule. I took Scott Piercy, who's a who's a uh, who's a Phoenix guy, and I took Patton Kazire because. Again, I'm looking for value, and he, you know, he won last. He won. Well, I guess he won this year. The whole wraparound season thing is confusing, but um, yeah. So yeah, I'm yeah. Kazire's been in contention. I've used him a lot early in the season. Yeah, you know, it's it's, it's you you try to, have to look for those. Uh, you got to get a guy on the bench who you think, okay, yeah, other people aren't taking this person. That way, if they if they if they get hot, I can get them into my lineup and differentiate because you know everyone's going to take Spieth and dj and yeah. when rory comes back to the united states and tiger you know everyone's mickelson you know everyone's going to take chalk yeah now you win with like charles howell the third right you need <laughs> you need somebody to sneak a yeah you need you need one of those top five 
sneaker. He Emiliano Grio. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was he's fantasy gold. Anyway. Right, anything else to say about fantasy golf? This I don't know if this segment's gonna stick around. This is yeah. pretty dry. <laughs> it's pretty dry. We might just have to come back to majors. I don't think anyone wants to talk about Phoenix. No, the it's fact such a that... fun tournament though. It's one of the most fun most fun tournaments to watch too, though, because the crowd is actually a factor on TV, which I is so different. I think it's mostly the issue that we probably both want to play golf right now. You're you're not lying. <laughs> I think I think our our own personal desire to play golf leaked into this segment, you know. But I I do I want to play so bad it's killing yeah, me, me too. you know because we're in the middle of ski season so we're just you know we go up to the mountain What's every that? Sunday <laughs> skiing and snowboarding every yeah. Sunday and um, last last week I was up there skiing I was thinking to myself. God damn! I wish I was playing golf. <laughs> like, but we're you know we'll ski to the end of February. By the end of February, I'll be like chomping at the bit. I'll be like, I'll play. I don't care what the temperature or the rain is or whatever. I'm playing. Well, I hope you enjoyed your edition of this week's bougie white people sports segment. <laughs> Next week we'll talk about tennis. If you get, like we'll talk about Amsterdam. We'll talk about the ATP tour coming to to you know to. Frankfurt, Germany. Let's talk about F1 and also horse uh, and also dressage. Dressage. I think dressage will be on the menu next week. <laughs> hey, man. Wait till. Hey, speaking of bougie, like white people sports, man, the Winter Olympics is coming and don't think we ain't talking about that. We will be so, talking about the Winter Olympics for oh, sure. Oh, for sure. I'm interested to see about the use of this unified Korea team. <laughs> I'm actually watching the opening ceremonies just to see what happens. Yeah, who knows? All right. All right, well, thanks, everybody, for listening to the show. Checking us out this week, episode seven, sticking with us. We're going to keep doing it if you keep listening. Chris, you got anything to add? Is on our way out the door here. Nope. Big up to our listeners in France. Keep the downloads coming, my man. The ever-growing Monamese. Monamese. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know. I was going to say some stuff like Gambit things from from X-Men. That's only (laughs) French, like Creole French that I know. I don't think that's going to work. Not really. All right, well, thanks, everybody, for listening to On 3 Podcasting. We will see you next week. Later. So what are you doing back? Well, I sat back and thought about the things we used to do. It really meant a lot to me. You mean a lot to me. I really mean that much to you? Girl, you know it's true.
Check it, you and I.